In this week's episode, we discuss why Chris won't play Munchkin anymore. Everybody's mean. Also some comics. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B, everyone. How are you doing? Yeah, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling? You staying hydrated? You uh, getting enough sleep? I was going to say, did you, did you get good sleep last night? I didn't. He did not. I did That's not. True. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a sleepy girl today. Well, we hope you're doing well. And if you are or aren't, we're going to talk about comics anyway, so it doesn't really... <laughs> Doesn't really change anything. It was the illusion of giving yeah. a damn. This is your, <laughs> this is your reality, and you just have to deal with it. And that's my advice from Uncle Chris. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're so nice. <laughs> first up, uh, from Image, we got a book called "The Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton," which is hard for me to say because my mouth doesn't like s's. Um, Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton has a interesting vibe to it it's the premise is effectively this chuck norris adjacent person so he's like an action star he does all kinds of like weird buddy cop movies and action movies and he's just like a well-known action star uh has a checkered past of being an absolute d-bag and i'm not saying chuck norris is an absolute d-bag i don't know the guy i'm just saying this guy is obviously modeled after like walker texas ranger that kind of stuff um but he's an absolute D-bag behind the scenes. He's very, very rude to the people around him. He has a history of alcoholism and drug abuse and sexual assault and things like that. Not a good guy. Anyway, we flash forward to the future where he is found dead, having presumably hanged himself uh, in his room. His most recent co-star, who is one of his quote-unquote sidekicks, the uh, eponymous sidekicks, uh thinks it's a murder so mm -hmm. he goes to the funeral starts trying to organize the other sidekicks uh from the, all through history of trigger keaton's extensive movie and tv career to try and discover what happened uh t what do you think i think this should be a movie directed by taika watiti <laughs> yeah it was it's yeah, like, really good it's exactly good what taika watiti or like edgar wright vibes yeah, to it. it's, yeah, yeah it's it's one of those few comics that like you open and as you're reading it it feels like you're watching a movie there's a different vibe to comics that like very much feel steeped in the comic mm -hmm. kind of medium mm -hmm. and then comics that very much feel like you're you're watching and participating in a film yeah and this is one of those that very much felt like i was participating in a film as chris said it's if you took Chuck Norris's career, but put Clint Eastwood's shitty attitude behind it. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Like, grumpy, horrible old man. <laughs> so, I really enjoyed it because the characters feel very... I wouldn't say, I say real in that they feel very tangible, not necessarily real as in like super relatable, just like big, bright, beautiful characters that are very well developed and very easily understood and, and mm -hmm. seem like they would easily be portrayed and you would be able to identify and understand it very easily. Um, and the story is fun and the action is very fast paced. And I liked the way they articulated um, the the 
behind the scenes or the past information. Um, that's something that you guys know that I get really uppity about is that I don't like it when you have unnecessary dialogue that feels like, you know that we did this one thing seven years ago, Scott. We're never going to be able to handle it again. Like, mm -hmm. when you have that dialogue that feels so superfluous and is obviously there because the, the writer didn't have a better way of giving you exposition. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. This, instead, does this really cool job of introducing the characters and what film they did or, or TV show they did with the with Trigger Keaton and then what happened to them through TV guide snippets and mm -hmm. then like random news articles and it's so incredibly well done yeah. and well laid out it doesn't take up a ton of space like you don't have to have that like you know I did this one movie with Trigger and he was such a D-bag and this happened. You Remember didn't have what he did to me on the set when he <laughs> kicked me in the teeth? Or exactly. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to have any of that exposition dialogue that doesn't feel natural. They got they cut right to the chase by laying it out in visual cues. And that's so much better. That, to me, is the sign of, of an author who has thought out how to relay information to the reader. And mm -hmm. I love that. I think that elevates a book so much and it's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why it felt very much like a movie because it's like one of those instances like almost like a, a Quentin Tarantino film where you've got like he puts something up on the screen just so you see it and it's like a visual cue and then you move away from it and you don't talk about it anymore yeah it's it's well done like that and I love that and I think that really gave this book a lot of zazz yeah I got um this felt very much like a Christopher Priest or Christopher Guest sorry and or a uh uh, Wes Anderson kind of vehicle, mm, you know mm -hmm, what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, uh, it had that kind of style that both those writers directors tend to employ, which is like taking people that uh, either think more fully of themselves or, or in a position to think uh, more fully of themselves, and just making them quirky and kind of showing the flaws, as well as like. You know, in something like Hollywood, like this book is set in Hollywood and but it's not your it's not a story about the rich, lavish lifestyles of Hollywood. It's not the story about, you know, it's not like a uh, uh, star is born kind of story of like rising right. into success and stuff. It's it's a story of dwindling careers and feuds and, you know, child actors that never made it out of being a child actor and moved yeah. on to normal lives. The afterward. People just starting and kind of dealing with a more modern Hollywood versus an older Hollywood. And there's a lot here that is like, this is the side of Hollywood that, you know, gets talked about sometimes, but isn't always the center of a story. Right. Um, you know, and I think that's really cool. And I think, like I said, that just gave me like Christopher Guest, like Spinal Tap, uh, best in show those kind of things or like wes anderson uh royal tenenbaums and stuff like that yeah um, no because it's just like you have these you're in this area where it's uh you know either people vying for success or vying for money or vying for celebrity and accolades and stuff like that but they're quirky and flawed and some people failed and know it and some people accept the reality more than others you know yeah. what i mean um and then there's just like a healthy mix of kung fu yeah which cool 
I'm it's good with that. So entertaining. Yeah, it was very well done. Uh, it was yeah, it was really fun. I actually took a picture of a frame. Let me see if I still have it because there was one thing one of the characters said that I was like, I'm going to say this to people consistently. <laughs> yeah, at one point one of the characters is like, anybody says one more thing about trigger and I'm going to go ape shit crazy on all of you. <laughs> And he's just got his hands kind of like in a prayer, like just like just a pleading kind of thing. And he's just like, I'm going to go ape shit crazy on <laughs> all of you. And I just feel like I'm going to employ that in my normal life. I do like that. I'm just going to be well like, played. you know, if I'm like playing a board game and somebody keeps like hard shuffling the cards or something, I'm going to be like, if one more person hard shuffles these cards, I'm going to go ape shit crazy on all of you. <laughs> We're playing like Munchkin or something and somebody, people keep throwing monsters down on my monsters i'm just gonna be like if i get one more monster added on one of my monsters <laughs> i'm gonna go ape shit crazy on all of you so but this, this one was cool we, it was really fun don't play munchkin anymore. this is why we don't play munchkin <laughs> everyone hates me and i can't play munchkin and just have a fun time no i'll be losing yes and i'll have one level nowhere near winning other people are way further than me and I'll draw like a high level monster that I can beat. And I'm like, yeah, I can beat it. And then everyone's like, here's another monster. And I'm like, I'm losing, but that's fine. We have to put you down and keep you down. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, man. I haven't won a game of Munchkin in like 35 years. <laughs> um, next up uh, from Dark Horse, uh, we've got, oh, and sorry, six, uh, six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton was written by Kyle Starks. Uh, with art by Chris Schweizer. I almost forgot to mention the creators. So there you go, guys. Uh, next up from Dark Horse, we've got The Secret Land, number one. Uh, this is written by Christopher Imgard, uh, with art by Toma Era. Might be Thomas. I think but it's I'm Toma. reading it as Toma Era. Uh, this one's a cool book. It's a historical fiction book that sees uh, two individuals in. Uh, who are in love, uh, who are involved in different parts of World War II. Uh, so one of them is some sort of, I guess, like a SEAL or a Marine uh, who's involved in the uh, the Eastern Theater, mm -hmm. in the Japanese Theater. Um, and then one of them is a OSS agent or is getting in with the OSS agent because she has a background in German um who is working in the western theater during the fall of like right towards the end of hitler's regime yes. so the war wraps up or at least that part of the war wraps up eastern theater kind of keeps going um and we see the the woman is the one involved of the couple is the one involved in the oss side of things and she is taken to after the fall of hitler she is taken to a uh secret arctic i guess or like very northern icy base for mm -hmm. the nazis yep where they seem to be developing insanely advanced technology like flying saucers and they have all these plans for you know big weapons and stuff like that she is undercover as the assistant to a professor who has some sort of power source that he's bringing to help supply this base with power the power source itself might be darker then it lets on to be. Yes. Uh, T, what did you think? And I'm going to go ahead and stop you. I know you love this one. I did love this one. <laughs> um, it's historical fiction. I'm so weak. T is a sucker for 
stories that are about hey the nazis were doing weird creepy stuff it's true i i'm like they're evil let's talk about how extra evil they were um so here's something that i want to point out about this book that completely threw me off guard and i love it and it's that comics don't lean into the romance genre period they don't you will get romance books but they're almost exclusively YA, mm-hmm. very bright, mm-hmm. very cutesy, very like, like lady manga. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or or they have a very like modern tone to them. I mean, like, you know, you could consider Destiny and Y could mm-hmm. be some level of a romance, mm-hmm. but also not. Like, there's a whole lot of other stuff going on, and I don't know that the romance is necessarily the front and center focal point mm-hmm. of it at this point. It's her coming of age. There's not really... I I personally can't think of any representation in comics where the romance is the primary focus, and everything sort of happens around that. Mm-hmm. You know? This, to me, was like atonement in comic form. There is a romance, and it is the front center focal point of the book. It is the primary objective, and all this other weird shit kind of happens around it. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. That is such a gap missing in the comic industry, and I feel like part of it is that weird hanger-on mentality that men first and foremost read comics, and women are still just sort of this, like, outlier barrier, which to me has always been such a weird, funny thing because since I have been in comics, you know, I go to, I go to free comic book day just about every year. Mm -hmm. And every time I go, there are more women, more girls Mm -hmm. present at the event than men. Women are, we are fully into this industry. There are as many great female writers as there are men. There are female illustrators that we, we read it, we make it, we produce it, we love it. And so it's so funny to me that such an obvious, you know, thick, rich genre is just sort of ignored. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. So while this book does have all the cool background stuff of like Nazis are doing weird stuff they're not supposed to, which I adore, it it first and foremost is about a couple who love each other and are trying to find their way back to each other. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so good. Give me more of that. It's really well done too. Like it's not overly cheesy. It's not overly forced. Like the, the writer did a very good job of making a very natural, very sweet kind of romance of two people involved in the war. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no like, just come back to me, baby. And it's like they no. they have a little, like, I guess the Japanese word for I love you, ashiteru. Yeah. Which I'm probably mispronouncing. Sorry. Um, and they just kind of say that to each other. That's like their little thing. And, you know, if you've been in a couple for a long time, that's something that happens. You pick up little things that you do, mm-hmm. like little, like, habits and mannerisms that you do. Yeah. You know, and... It's cool. Like, it's really organic. I liked this book. I thought the thing that stood out to me the most about this book was the narration style. It's very old-fashioned narration style. Yeah. It it feels like either older comics, like older war comics and stuff, or even, like, 
radio serials. Yes. Where it's like, but Marianne would not sit quietly. You know what I mean? Like, it's very, like, very detailed narration of, like, you know, this character is doing this and feeling this. There's no thought bubbles. There's no, like, you know, the character in a room by themselves having, like, an outward monologue or anything like that. It's literally all handled by this kind of, like, old school style narration. And it's just, it's cool. I like that. Like, I I liked the way it was told. Kind of like an, kind of like the type of story you would hear or read. From that time. From that time period. And I just, I thought that was really, really nifty. It was very well done. I, I care about the characters. I care about the side characters. I mean, our, our main female protag meets someone at the base and like starts to develop like a friendship with them. Yeah. And I care about them. Like I want, I don't want them to get in trouble. Yeah. If you you like things that kind of tell alternative sides of like science fiction-y esque, like Nazi stories. So Mm -hmm. if you like, like Uber and Mm -hmm. like the Hellboy stuff has some Nazi things that pop up from time to time. And like, uh wolfenstein and iron sky like those kind of movies um then i think hellboy yeah yeah didn't i say that did you i say the hellboy stuff kind of has that kind of you may have said it and i may have completely just toned you out (laughs) it's fine i don't listen i don't (laughs) look i don't listen to me either um it's totally good um but yeah, if you if you like that kind of stuff, uh, you really dig this. And it seems to be that it's going to have some kind of like weird fiction. Like it almost feels kind of eldritch what's going on. Like there's something dark, deep seated there uh, that is going to come out. So I think uh, and they did a really good job. Like they, they roped you in with the characters. They roped you in with the style and kind of the concept of like Nazis. Yeah. Oh, no, they're doing stuff. Um, and so you're already kind of like hooked on the story and then they just give you like a little taste of the like supernatural extended stuff yep. that might be there. Like a teeny just little a like two things happen, like just two things, one panel and like one thing happening to a guard. And that's like it. Yeah. And then it's like so there's it's this mystery subtle. there leading out of that issue that just like really latches you in. This is cool. It was very really, cool. I really dug this. Yeah, I'm really pumped for this one. Very so. much a me style book. <laughs> Speaking of weird fiction, we're moving on to Bunny Mask number one. This is out of Aftershock. Uh, it is written by Paul Tobin uh, with art by Andrea Muti. Muti? Mutti? Muti? M U T T I. Andrea. Last name. Um, <laughs> Bunny Mask is strange. Uh, it. Features a man who is a nurse medical consult for a social worker arriving to a home to try to remove the daughter of this man who she hasn't been to school in weeks. There's been reports of violence and wounds on the girl at by their by her teachers and counselors and stuff. So they are they are showing up to take her. Yep. We're taking her. Uh child protective services. He ends up getting kidnapped by said man and being forced to dig in a cave under the man's house. In doing so, he releases some sort of strange entity, which is a woman in a bunny mask that seems to be very anti-illness and sickness. Yeah. Um, to some sort of supernatural strange degree. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns in this. It picks up in the future. Uh, he starts to see this woman in just his day-to-day life and then there's 
some police officers that I guess one of them was involved in the original case of the man getting kidnapped and stuff. And one of them is new exploring the house and kind of trying to figure out, like you can tell this police officer is like something like this is one of those cases that's set with him. And I guess he regularly comes out to this house to try to like see a new detail that he may have missed. And they find some crazy shit. (laughs) Um, Unlike a lot of Aftershock titles, I have to say this one didn't bury the lead like I feel like a lot of them do. Like right. I've, I've made comments in the past about Aftershock's editorial somehow demanding that nothing get revealed in the first issue. Because I feel like I've read a lot of Aftershock books, a lot of Aftershock number ones that are just like very different than the promise of the book. Yeah. There's like not really much introduced in the first things. And I feel like that's an editorial issue. Um, but this one does just push a lot of the story. It gives you a very interesting narrative to kind of lead into the next issues. What'd you think, T? This book is freaking dark. <laughs> it is very dark. It's, yes. I mean, I love horror. I love weird fiction. I'm, I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. You know, you guys know that I'm like, I double down on this stuff. Um, but this one is, this one sits with you. Like it's. It's dark. It's uncomfortable. All of the pieces of it. I mm-hmm. mean, there's the comic and then there's some like little things afterward that kind of, you know, help relate somehow back to the story and, and to the to the tale being told. And it's like it's the type of stuff that kind of makes you like squirm a little in your seat. Um, mm. You know, child abuse and, and weird the thoughts of like psychopaths and sociopaths and, and, you know, weird instances of like neglect and, and story sticking with you. And it just, it's cool. And I love the influence of the, of the supernatural. And I'm really excited to see where it goes, but it, it is not a comfortable book. It's not like the type of horror book you read. And then you're like, Cool. Next, moving on with my day. Like you finish it and you're like, ugh. You kind of like, yeah. You like you don't feel good about it. This character feels very SCP for me. Yeah. It feels. This feels like an SCP entry. I can like, see that. This feels like something that would be in like the extended notes of an SCP wiki entry. I absolutely and see that. I love that. I would love to see more SCP esque things coming out i i think we talked a long time ago about fear box and how that felt very much like an scp you know what i mean um i love that style of weird fiction of just like kind of subverting tropes in the name of having some sort of weird entity or item that does things yeah you know that has like a very distinct purpose and somehow alters reality around it as it moves through reality I think there's some twists and turns uh, towards the end, if I'm reading into the imagery correctly, uh, that are going to be really interesting going forward. Um, But this was this was very interesting. T's right. It is dark. It it is unafraid to go there. It's very unsettling to the you know, to the extent of like your typical slasher or B horror movie. Like, don't get too attached to anyone. You know what I mean? Like, you need to go in with a certain idea of like. This is not going to be an uplifting tale of heroism and success. Like, no. this is going to be some sort of haunting narrative, maybe exploring the nature of sickness, 
maybe trying to make a statement on mental illness. I don't know yet. I haven't, when one issue, it's hard to see where Paul Tobin's kind of going with this entity and what it's approaching. You get little snippets of things it may or may not have been involved with, like deer jump, like committing suicide by like drowning themselves in a river and like a, a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, um, there's like an afterwordy type thing that's like hand scrawled and yeah. basically talks about it's from what sounds like a young girl's perspective and it it talks about like you know i wanted them to see the fishes so i held them underwater they didn't they squirmed a lot then they stopped and like you just Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah it feels gross yeah. <laughs> in your in your gut you know yeah it is definitely shooting for the dark uh dismal side of horror and in the mix we get an interesting character that could be a fun little cryptid to keep around I agree. you know what i mean feels very like internet cryptid or like scp like i said you know what i mean Did we just so, get the birth of a new slender i mean <laughs> probably not because those only happen on like internet forums and instagram <laughs> so, that's true you gotta you gotta be on the internet to be an internet cryptid but who knows Start doing bunny mask fan art and maybe it'll happen. It's true. Um, but this one is also neat. Uh, it's a pretty interesting horror book. It's unique enough to have grabbed my interest. So it's worth taking a look if you're looking for something that's a little bit more subverted in terms of uh, horror style. Yeah, so. definitely. That's going to do it for us. Yay! This was a weird week. We're going to yeah. have... Uh, so we're doing honorable mentions differently. Yes. So we are going to have honorable mentions for last week and this week and probably the next couple weeks. But we're going to start doing one big honorable mentions post at the end of the month. Yes. So look forward to the end of the month on our website, coverbpodcast.com, where you can find all our old episodes as well as our honorable mentions posts, uh, of which we'll be doing like monthly ones. So at the end yeah. of this month, it'll be like honorable mentions from June. So if you want a little bit more, if you keep up with all the books we suggest and by the end of the month, you're like, maybe I want some more then we'll have our posts and our reviews on yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. So. Give you a little bit of extra something-something. <laughs> if you want more Cover B, you can find us on our website, CoverBPodcast.com. You can also find us on social media, at CoverBPodcast, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's awesome. We're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're even on shirts and masks yeah. and hats yep. and socks. And socks. And tote bags. Do we have tote bags? Uh, stickers? Stickers? Stickers. Stickers. <laughs> so check out our merch, too. Uh, and until next time, again, have a good weekend. Get water. Get rest. Yes. Uh, enjoy time with people you love. And we will catch you back here for the next episode of, of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, folks. Bye.